Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Actually, today I probably can't use the term coach. We're gonna have yeah, to, bad idea. We're going to have to change that. I'm your guide on the side today, but I'm not your coach because in the house, it's BYU Media Day. And I'm sure you're hearing this all over the place. But we have the interview du jour. We have the interview of the day. Boom. In the Matt Townsend Show, right now, well, not right now, in about 10 minutes, Bronco Mendenhall, the man, the myth, the legend, the <laughs> coach, the real coach at BYU. I'm the, I'll, I'll take 15th, because there's got to be 15 coaches at BYU ahead of me. <laughs> Probably a lot more than that. There's 40 coaches. Yeah. I'll take guide on the side. Or guide on the sideline. Oh. Oh, I don't think they let me on the sideline. Guide from the 15th row. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't get there either. Guy from the, from the upper Guy from the nosebleeds. Guys like from it. the nose. Yes. I think that's good. That's I me. Like that's a great title. So today we are talking about, we're going to be meeting and talking with Bronco and Holly Mendenhall, one of our favorite interviews from last year from this amazing couple. And I think, you know, we blew some minds last time. It was I pretty agree. cool. Uh, we didn't. Actually, Bronco did. I think what it is is Bronco, he's... He's got a personality where he doesn't just always open up. And part of that is because imagine that you have to protect yourself and be the head coach of a football team. And everything you say is heard by thousands and they freak out. And so we're not going to talk really football with him, which is honestly probably a great relief to him mm-hmm. because we get to just talk about life. I read somewhere that he's that Holly loves to talk, but he said he's very yeah. he's very timid. And, and you can tell. Like and you know what? They're such a cool couple. And we'll get into this because uh, I, I, people don't know Holly either. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, they don't, they don't get the mic as much. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm pretty sure just having seen how they work last year, Bronco would give Holly the microphone anytime she wants it. <laughs> <laughs> he would like, please take it, take it. So we're going to be interviewing them. We have a 45-minute interview with these guys. We're going to learn a ton, get a lot of information just about life, what it's like growing up Mendenhall. I mean, Bronco's a stud, but he had some brothers that were out of this world. Hmm. Like one played pro football. One was like Mr. Mr. Utah, Mr. Utah bodybuilder. bodybuilder. Very similar to me <laughs> without the title I'm or sure the body. sure you were his inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was just more just Mr. Utah, just congeniality, I think. And um, But then he grew up in a dad that played football as well. So, you know, growing up Bronco was also probably pretty intense. And then we're going to talk to Holly and, again, get every, let everybody get to know Holly a lot better. But also I want to find out what kind of motivates them, what gets in the spirit and the heart of the Mendenhall family. Wouldn't it be great to, like, just be a fly on the wall in the evening during school year and watch – Bronco and Holly, you know, try to have family time and try to have family prayer and try to have, you know, just a normal family life. Because when he's there, I'm pretty sure they don't just look at him like Coach Mendenhall. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they call him Coach. No. No. Yeah. I wonder what they call him. Bronco. Poppy. Dad. Daddy. Daddy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I bet, the, I bet he's a killer dad, too. So we'll be talking to Bronco in a minute. By the way, today's subject... 
try to try to put it in one line, Maddie. What is the topic oh. of today's show? And it was it, we we founded the idea. We put the idea together after knowing that Bronco was going to be on the show. I think to put it in one line is um. I've, to... I've got the definition. Oh, do you want to just say it then? Well, because I don't want to make a fool of myself. Okay, well, <laughs> too late. Uh, no, but it's it's grounded. How to be grounded in life. Okay. You know what I mean? Because well, gr- could you explain that? Well, I could because we looked it up. Grounded <laughs> simply means to be mentally and emotionally stable, admirably sensible, realistic, and unpretentious despite all praise and attention. I like that. Despite. Mm. Isn't that amazing? All the that is Bronco Grounded Mendenhall. Oh, I believe it. I think that's his middle name. <laughs> he and has like know, four names. I yeah, don't think that's one of them. That's though. probably not. But And grounded, though, is what I, I sit there and I look at my kids, amazingly talented. But how do you take a child that's amazingly talented and grow them, raise them, take care of them, help them be better and better without losing them and letting their head get too big, too cocky, you know, mm. or too small, too weak, too, you know. Just the right amount. sickly sad. So we're going to talk about that. And again, I guarantee you Bronco and Holly will say, you know, we're not pros of this. We're just the Mendenhalls. But uh, you know what? They have insight. That's they why they're insight. so great. That's how you know they're grounded when they don't think they are. That's right. So other people probably would write a book. There's movie stars all over writing books. Mm-hmm. And they've had a baby and now they're a movie star and now they write a book. Didn't you write a book? I wrote a book. <laughs> but let's just all be very real. I'm not grounded. <laughs> That's Can true. we get an amen? At least admit it. Did you, yeah. you? Amen. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Why are you? Thanks, Mike. You're rude. So that is the show. And then, by the way, Meg Conley on later. Yeah. And talk about not grounded. <laughs> She's 10 I miles think Meg high. is so grounded. Meg is so grounded. But see, Meg will be fun to see because she went and had that big um, speech she had to give. At the Alt Summit. At the Alt Summit. Mm. And now she's, I know she's coming back with a big head. We should place bets on how long it will take her to mention that. She how did, long yeah. do you think she'll you guys go? Give her give the, her. You guys give her a hard time. I'm the one that told all of you she was at the Alt Summit. She didn't even tell anyone. Yeah. We no, had but to like she, covertly but find she does, it out. You know what she does do? She doesn't mention that, but she'll come in and she'll put her Lexus keys <laughs> like down right next to my little Honda keys. Both sets. Right? Yeah. Because she has yeah, Lexus. Because she has two Lexus. Yeah. 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 That's plural oh. for Lexus. And then, um, and then she's like, ask me what I'm doing next week. And I'm like, no. <laughs> she's like, no, ask me. Seriously, ask me what I'm doing. <laughs> and then she has to tell me she's, in a, she's speaking with Martha Stewart. Well, yeah. I mean, you come in every day and tell us that you're a doctor. Darn Remind right. us. Yeah, but I'm not bragging. I'm just trying to help you guys, you know, take care of your moles. <laughs> you're Make not, sure you don't get skin well, cancer. Well, I don't think you're that kind of doctor. Well, I mean, after I pass the bar and everything, everyone's going to have to call me Juan Mijares Esquire. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah. Which with, is a great magazine, by the way. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh, isn't actually. that like where all the lawyers go? No. Mm-mm. It's a different magazine. Yeah, it must be a different magazine. Yeah. What is the deal with that? Esquire. So actually it meant that you were a landowner in England. Okay. And those were generally the more affluent people, and they were the people who were more lawyers oh. in that time. And so that's where that comes from. But you're actually not going to be an Esquire because you're not – a landowner. I mean, in the Europe. meeting has changed uh-huh. over time. Nobody calls themselves. Are you, would we call lawyer. you counsel? What would we call you? I mean, uh, there's so I'm many not names. Your lawyer, though. Just Esquire is fine. I'll take that. Let's just this year. Let's just call you first year. Okay, but I'm second year now. Okay. I see. think what we've learned 
for the past five minutes is that Bronco Mendenhall will be the only person in this radio booth today that is grounded. Absolutely. That's what we, well, maybe Mike. Mike hasn't said very much. Mike, are you grounded? <laughs> Don't ask my mom or my girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. By the way, isn't that why we ground kids? Yeah. Uh, isn't that an interesting thing? We have to bring them back to ground. And yeah. we'll, talk about that we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. So hold your horses. Later when? Like later in the show? Yeah, like, later in the show. We're going to, we have a whole block about why grounding your kids can help them be grounded. Don't you wonder Stay if Bronco tuned. was ever grounded? Ooh, yeah, we should ask him. We should ask him, ask him if they should ask, ask kids. Somebody, somebody remind me to ask him. I'll that. remind you. I'll okay. hold up a sign. Yeah. Was he grounded? Uh, I personally love grounding my kids. I grounded one of my children the other day. First time yeah, I think he's ever been grounded. And he looked at me like, what's this all about? <laughs> Mike and I have some great stories about our childhood experiences. About being, being grounded? grounded. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. going to be good. It's going to be good if, fun. If I were your parents, I would have grounded you silly. Mike's? I would have grounded you up and down. Oh, I still might. I don't know where that <laughs> aggression just from came the show? from. I would. If well, I could. He can. He's like our fake dad, you know? Yeah, I guess fake. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Very fake. I'm not fake. I'm like your real dad without the genes or the DNA. So <laughs> fake. Mm. Faux pas. That's where the phrase faux pas comes from. Fake, a fake dad. Fake pas. Fake mm-hmm. pas. I thought that was south pas and that's in baseball. No. <laughs> or boxing. Yeah. A lefty. Is that a lefty? <laughs> Whatever. Tangent. Total tangent. So here's the deal. Great show coming up um, again Bronco Mendenhall, Holly Mendenhall. Holly will be on the phone. Holly is just busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, Bronco's busy on media day or whatever, but Holly, let's just face it, is busier. I believe it. You know what I mean? I'm Again, I'm sure Bronco would even say that. And um, also on the show, Meg Conley will be joining us a little bit later, giving us insight. And probably, you know, we're, we're going to catch her and see how long it takes her to mention the conference and how big league she is. Um, what else is going on that we're going to find out about uh, being grounded? Yeah. Embarrassing stories about being grounded. And then mm-hmm. Aaron has a has a great segment. He's about to get married, you guys. Aaron is. Talk about so, grounded. So he's going to – oh, no. <laughs> so Aaron's going to tell us how you can stay focused and stay grounded when you've got these big changes coming. What changes? He's getting married. I know, but that's, that's not a big change. Juan's married. Mm-hmm. Juan, did it change you very much? No, not really. See, look at him. Mm-hmm. Well, see, you go from being a single person to being stuck with someone for the rest of your life. That's well, a big change. Well, if you change. put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's I wouldn't, a big change. I wouldn't use the word stuck. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would twist it a little more optimistically. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's probably listening right now. She's not happy. Yeah. I can tell you. But you weren't stuck. I mean, you're well, a lawyer, for heaven's sakes. If anybody could get unstuck in a marriage, oh, it would wow. be you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that sounds bad, too. You, you said stuck. Yeah, for I chose. We got to watch our language. You know what I mean. That's why. That's why we're doing the show on grounded. Because Don's we had going to come in here if you're not careful. Oh boy, oh we boy. don't want that. Don't make Don mad. He's going to make us wear a uniform. Um, so again, here's the deal. Grounded is the pro- is the goal. We want to make sure we are all mentally and emotionally stable. Which again, on this show, very difficult. <laughs> Admirably sensible, realistic. And unpretentious, by the way, Bronco Mendenhall fits all the criteria, despite all the praise and the attention. He's had a million interviews today. He's coming in today, but today we're not talking football. When he comes in, we're going to be talking about life, about principles, about values. What makes Bronco Mendenhall tick? By the way, sounds like Holly's getting on the phone right now. We'll be right back. More on the Matt Townsend Show, Bronco Mendenhall, Holly Mendenhall, up next to teach us about life and how to stay grounded. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, in the house, Bronco Mendenhall, Holly Mendenhall's on the phone. Boy, this brings back memories, just like just like last time. Poor Holly was just out running around. Holly, yep. are you there? I'm here. You're yeah. there. You made it. You're alive and well. Yes, I'm alive and well. But this time <laughs> you're not, not up. With you, but. You're not up in Idaho or Montana. Is that? I think that's where you were last time. Was... I, yeah, last time I was in Montana. I committed to go to Trek yesterday, so I'm in a little bit of a frazzle. Oh no! So, so are are you on Trek? No, no, no. We're going tomorrow morning, but I, could, oh. I asked if I could go yesterday, and so I got yeah. to go buy a prairie skirt. I don't, I've, I've never done Trek or <laughs> so, a girls' it, camp. So, I've never so, been to a girls' camp. Yeah. So, so let me yeah. interject while Holly's getting her prairie skirt. Um, this she <laughs> she sends me this text a while ago. Uh, this is regards to our commitment here. Going to have to call in Cutter putting together bunny cages with folks. Raider having piano lessons. I'm still packing. And can I use your two man tent? Oh so, my heavens! So that that's a quick glimpse into what Holly's life is like. My right heart now. rate just went up, and it reminded me of my own family. I thought you guys, as as leaders and coaches and public figures you didn't have any of this stuff going on i thought you just sat in your big houses and had people fan you <laughs> does it not work that way holly? I, I, i've actually tried to have holly do the fanning of me but yeah. she she doesn't do that holly, yeah holly's not going to be fanning you that that seems kind of weird to even say hey um holly let me go over your bio because everyone knows about yeah. bronco bronco this is your 10th year yeah. You're coming into your 10th year. Yep. But nobody knows as much about Holly. I mean, but Holly is superhero. She's amazing. Uh, <laughs> University of Montana graduate with a degree in French, en français. Are you fluent, Holly, in French? No, I'm not fluent, but I got pretty close. Yeah, you know, I bet. I, I, uh, we, I, I just got back from Switzerland, and I, I, we, uh, I love to impress my kids, you know, because I could kind of, we were in the French part of and I can I can hold my own. Can you hold your own? Yeah, so so yeah. Here, here's this thing um, that I ab- absolutely need to interject too. right now. Uh-oh, here we so, go. Holly. So we have these um, high school camps and yeah. little kids camps, football camps. I see all the kids camps. running yeah, over so, campus. So I'm busy during that time, yeah. meaning morning to night. Well, <laughs> so um, a, a lot of families, well, for our family it works good because Holly then usually takes the boys and they go off and do something. Yeah, go to France or well, Switzerland. Well, I, I was actually thinking like St. George. Okay, yeah, you know, four hours away. <laughs> Aspen, yeah. something like that. And Holly close. says, oh, we're going to Switzerland. See, and, and for like 12 days. So She's not so when afraid Holly to goes, leave. No, she's going to go and, and absolutely maximize every minute to make our life work with culture and stuff for our kids. But um, oh, that's at cool. first, this idea that um, that's a normal thing in our marriage, I, it took me a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. You're going where with, with our kids? Without me? Yeah. <laughs> but and then and then meanwhile, she's just going to trek. By the way, did you ever answer her on the tent? Um, I did. Yes, and she can use yeah, my two man tent. Okay, yeah. good, Holly. So you're good to go. <laughs> See, I just want to help you guys. I want to facilitate the best marriage I possibly can. But you're so fluent in French ish. I mean, you have a degree in it, but you also owned and ran your own travel agency, which is why you love travel, I guess. I do. Yeah, I worked at a dude ranch for about ten years, like during college. Yeah. After, you know, up in Montana, and um, I just love to go. Hold on. And so, kind a, of, a French degree, a travel yeah. agent, and then running a dude ranch. I mean, it seems like you're, what is, like, that is. You said superhero. That's like, that's like a weird combination. Yeah. Yeah, they are kind of a weird combination. But I, you know, I do. Well, my parents sent me to France when I was 16. I there think my know. siblings didn't really care that much, and I just had the bug, and so... Uh, yeah, in fact, a Mormon girl, so, you know, if I recall, you worked at a winery in France. <laughs> I did. And you're a Mor- Mormon girl who's never touched I alcohol. I the most expensive winery in the world, actually. Oh, my heavens. Did That's you step on the wine, the, the grapes? Is that what your job was, to, no, to squish? No, they didn't let us. They didn't let us. 
They didn't let the women in there. It was kind of a traditional thing. Here's the thing and how that's affected affected our marriage is, so Holly mentioned it was the most expensive winery in France. Yeah. Holly likes nice things. Oh, no. I've traced. She's She's got a good taste then. I've traced our roots down to. Yeah, if it's not the 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 bestest and the nicest, yeah, then no, we're not See, we're not getting it. That's why she's gonna love trash. <laughs> so those that those that are listening, hey, I that, love to camp and get dirty. Oh, that's I know true. that's the other thing. Dirty. I love it. You really are like a Renaissance that. woman. You you do it all. Well, I don't know about that. And I don't know if you know, Renaissance I, had the trek involved in it, but I, I love nice things. But you know, I, I I just love to be outside. I love the mountains. But the so. trek, just so people that are listening, some won't know what that is. So the pioneers. Crossed the plains and basic and did it in hand carts and walked and so as a tradition, a lot of the Mormon uh, church groups would get their youth together and they'll go out for a four day march, basically like a baton death march, with more spirit. <laughs> yeah. is, is that what it is, Holly? And that's what in you're going to go on. Clothing and in and traditional clothing. Getting a real kick out of the fact that I'm going to put a bonnet on. Oh, so he, he's thinking that's real funny. Oh, so I told him I would get in my garb just to show him my whole. I, I, I like you, know, you in a bonnet. Shirt, <laughs> if anyone can pull off a bonnet, honey, oh, yeah. you can pull off the bonnet. Well, I don't know if that's a compliment. It's a compliment. <laughs> Is that a compliment? Yeah. It's a compliment. Nothing looks hotter than a woman in a bonnet. No, I'm just saying, if anyone yeah. could pull it off, it's it's Holly. Can, Holly can pull for it off. Sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah. talk about this for us, Holly, um, because you guys in your tenth year. So ten years ago, you you all bit off a lot. And I know you gathered the family together back then. You have three kids, uh, Cutter, Raider, and Breaker. And Breaker. And back mm-hmm. then, you're all sitting down and like, yeah, Dad's, Dad's going to, looks like Dad's going to be the head coach of BYU football. Ten years later, do you, did you guys have any idea how this would impact you? Oh, crud, no. <laughs> I don't even, I couldn't even begin to tell you that I just had no idea. I'm still... <laughs> Uh, still, I don't understand the interest in Bronco and all of that. I, I'm just blown away by that. Like you, you don't I, I get just, why really so get many it. people are into Bronco. Yeah, it just blows me away. Yeah, kind of. It just, I mean, I, mean, I, I love, love that. Him and he's my husband. Yeah, but you're I mean, into him, but, really, but. I mean, it's just kind of surreal sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's. But, you know, I, I guess that's because I'm not from here. I didn't graduate from BYU, and yeah. so I don't. You know that's a little different if you're from you know if you don't if not if not from someplace where you but, can go to school and all that. So wouldn't it be kind of like if he owned that really expensive winery, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, you're the owner of that really expensive wine." It's like that level of magnitude, but you you just don't see that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? That's it's, probably it's humbling. Kind of wild. It's been a crazy ride. I mean, I I had no idea what we were getting into. Yeah, you know, when we came here, it was that wasn't even on our scope for him to be head coach. I was just excited to get. Uh, closer to Montana, excited yeah. to be near his family. You know, that wasn't even, you know, we loved Gary Croton. It yeah. was just kind of being closer to family and home and all that kind of thing. What it What has it done to your boys? Because you now have a 14-year-old. Is that right? We, we yes. do. We have a 14, 12, and yeah. 11. So what is it doing to them? Because they're now growing up. They're growing up big time Mendenhall. This is their names are known. And I know people in your neighborhood and I know people in your ward or your church group. And they're like, oh, the Mendenhalls. I love Holly. And someday I got to talk to you about it, Holly. Um, just because you're a great you're a great marriage coach as well. I've heard secrets that you've told people that I work with and you're brilliant. Oh. 
Really, oh, they, they well. talk about how you help walk them through some really difficult stuff as well and give some great advice. But what, what's happening to your kids, Bronco, as you're, as you're raising them in mm. this weird, weird world? That, that's, that, that, that is the accurate word. Um, and Holly can lend more to that. Um, so, uh, first of all, it, it's definitely not perfect. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's not perfect in this culture. Um, so, not necessarily the church and not BYU, but there's a culture here that's very unique. Yeah. And so uh, we happen to be at the epicenter of that as the BYU football coach. And I say that collectively, Holly and I. Um, but for instance, our, our oldest son is just uh, super, super bright and loves um, reading and academics and performing arts and different things. And I'm the football coach. Yeah. So the first question to him oh, yeah. for so many years is, are you going to play football like your dad? And at one point, uh, Holly was really, really perceptive and intuitive, and and uh, we she brought us together, myself and and um, Cutter and and she and and um, and he started uh, expressing, you know, man, I I don't like it, I don't know what to say, and so we started practicing. Yeah, you made a little line. Exactly right, and so uh, Holly was really helpful, and his line basically for that time period was when people would ask him. Um, so are you going to play football like your dad? And he would just simply say, no, we have enough football in my family. <laughs> and perfect. that disarmed them. Yeah. And interestly, at, interest, uh, in, immediately they asked him, well, what do you like? There you and go. then it became his identity, his identity which Finally, we care about. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And that was really Holly's idea. And so that's just one small example. Holly, did, um, do, you, do you see, is it hard for your boys? I mean, I imagine it would be hard. Oh, I think in some cases it is, sure, because there's... Um you know, when they're younger, I think when they're younger, they didn't know any different. That's all yeah. that they've known. Sure. You know, you grow up in it, and that's all you know. You know, I remember Breaker, we would go to all the away games, and, geez, he looked at me one time and said, how many more of these things do we have to go to? <laughs> when is and this I over? Thought, yeah, and I thought, oh, my word, how many people would love to be in your shoes right that now? That is so Travel great. with the team to all these away games. You know, so, I mean, to them, it's just like drudgery kind of. But now yeah. that they're, you know, older yeah. and... And they, they hear people's comments and, you know, kids will say things. And when they were younger, I, and I still believe this really strongly, that a lot of the kids are repeating what they hear their their, their dad parents. say no, right. or exactly. whatever. I don't think that they fully understand what they're saying. And I also don't think they fully understand how hurtful some of the things that they say oh. uh, can be, because I don't think that they would mean to do that. Right. But our, our boys are very sensitive, and I think anyone is sensitive. They don't like to be told negative things or to hear uh, uh, hurtful things about anyone and we have to constantly circle the wagon and say you know wagons and say you know what we know that you know your dad is honest yeah we know he tells the truth we know that we are all love each other very much and you know we have to kind of stick to the the core values of our family and stick together i love that so you have to kind of we kind of muddle through it because they're every every you know, every year we get new circumstances oh. that we haven't dealt with before. I know, and, and everyone gets older. We don't know. There's a great quote. He's kind this, of the experiment, you know. Well, he <laughs> is. He's he is. He is. Yeah. He's yeah. on the cutting edge. No pun intended. Yeah. But he really is. Yeah. He's the lead. <laughs> right. But then right. they're different. Every t- every year's different. Everything's different. When he was younger, yeah. I remember being at a fireside at Colorado State, and um, before we left for that game, it was over Halloween, and um, and Cutter says, "This is when he was younger," and he he looks at me and he goes. 
um, Dad, it's Halloween. You go to every game. Can't you just skip this one? <laughs> Can't you miss one <laughs> yeah, game? That, that was his understanding. Yeah. Is you go to every one. I mean, this is Halloween, you know. Yeah. And, Dad, and he was just so sincere. Get like, your priorities exactly right. <laughs> I love it. We're talking with uh, with Bronco and Holly Mendenhall. Parents, honestly, you don't think about it. Everyone thinks about him as as a coach. And But you don't think that there's a family necessarily behind this that has to deal with all of the junk that sometimes – and he would never say junk. They would never say junk. But just the pain, the the critiques. I can't imagine – when someone critiques my son on the field, I want to go crazy. I can't imagine what it's like having someone critique your husband or your father. We're going to take a break, though. We're coming back more with Holly and with Bronco. And again, um, if anybody out there has a bonnet, Holly is in search of a bonnet for the Pioneer Trek. Uh, just give us a call, one eight five five chat byu We'll hook you up, Holly. We're taking a break. More with the Mendenhalls right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Honored to have Holly Mendenhall on the phone. And then some dude she's married sitting next to me, Bronco. I love that introduction. I mean, I, that's what You know what he said to me, Holly? Honestly, the key to all of this, I said, so really, where, where do you want to go? And his first words he said, Holly, is let's just, let's just make sure we're clear that this is all because of Holly. Holly is it's the reason brother. he's healthy and strong and grounded. It's true. It's totally true. And no, even if you wear you a bonnet, whatever. <laughs> even if you have bonnet head, <laughs> it's, it could be worse. Hey, um, I was talking right when we got off there. I asked Bronco about the marriage side of this because, you know, raising your kids is one thing. And I would like to probably return to that later in the interview. Um, but the marriage it's a big deal, and he's he's gone a lot and a ton mm-hmm. of stress, and he probably That's can hard. really only confide in you on some things. Um, so, so, yeah, so that part, just before maybe give Holly a lead-in, man, that's taken a long time to figure out because at first— um, when we were married, I didn't tell her anything about what happened at work, thinking I wanted to spare her. Yeah, spare her from yeah, the pain. So, but then she'd find out from other people things that or, she wished yeah. she would have known. Or hear something in the newspaper. Exactly right. right. So that didn't work. And then I started telling her everything that happened at work, <laughs> which like, then was like, Bronco. oh, no, that's way, that's way too much. That actually added to the stress. Yeah. And so now there's this happy medium. happy medium, but that's based on communication from Holly to me or me to her too much, not yeah. enough, yeah. kind of that yeah. code. Well, I don't, I don't care about the X's and O's. I, yeah, I know. You know, I just want to know what you know, if someone's wife has a baby or if uh-huh. someone's sick or, you know, something like that. But I, you know, I always feel like I never really, I'm kind of the last one to know most of the stuff that goes on at the office because I think he's, he is doing the X's and O's. You know yeah. what I mean? He's more involved in, in that, which he, you know, probably should be. So I don't want to infringe on his space, but I think when early on, you know, when I was trying to figure stuff out, he would come home and tell me, you know, this stuff. And then he was done. He was, it was yeah. off his nine. Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I'm left with it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do I do with it? Yeah. You know? 
and then so you're up all night really stewing. Hard for me. Oh, yeah, interesting. And there's nowhere for me to put that or take yeah. that. So that was that so, was really hard. But, so so how um, how do you guys make time for this? I mean, when marriage couples, you know, it's hard anyway. But where how do you guys? Well, I think Broncos Broncos he's the one that's better at that than I am is he? because he'll say we have to have a date night, we have to do this. Not a boy. It's so easy to just you know kind of go with the flow oh, and sure. I do the kid thing. He does the football thing, and so it's it's but, it's a battle. And, and if, but we it, try to do the go to the away games, and during the season we have a date night, and but it's it's really hard. So date date it's night is date night is a loose term, but if you stay in that other cycle of Holly does the kids and I do the work, then you grow apart. Yeah, that's, that's just right. what happens. And so mm-hmm. a pretty simple organizational principle: schedule events happen more than non-schedule events. And so our date night is not really what happens. We started going to the the temple on Thursday nights, but realizing, wait, when you're in the temple, you're not sitting together and you're not talking to each other. It's not connected. There's a a great advantage, (laughs) but it's different. So so really our date has become Wednesday um, from 12 to 1.30. We go on a walk together at lunch. And so it's not a date night. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even lunch, but we go on a walk. We talk. Mm -hmm. Is that at your house or here on campus? it's, It's right up. Well, I don't want to. Should you don't we, dis- say, should don't, we no, dis- don't. disclose yeah, no. our private location? <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of. We, yeah, we just yeah, kind do of that. whatever works around his schedule. I mean, I'm yeah. more flexible than he is. And so, whatever day of the week he can make that fit, then, you know, because after school and the evening, it's crazy with kids sure. and schedules. And that's so, a brilliant time, too, because kids time. aren't in the way. Yeah, so Wednesday, yeah, 12 to 1 30. So, yeah, and so that's been great because then we can be alone and just visit and get caught up and kind of feel like we reconnect. And also there's there's nobody there. And so um, as hard as this is to say, I don't have to be on. Yeah, I, yeah. I would love to be able to say I'm just the same no matter what. Yeah, no. There's an element of being the head coach that there's an expected behavior that you have to kind of rise to. Sure. Whether you're introverted, extroverted, happy, sad, that you're just yeah, you're. It's that's almost you. like going to Disneyland and there's Mickey Mouse. You expect a certain behavior, <laughs> yeah, what right? Yeah, he was all down and exactly depressed. right. So <laughs> yeah. There, there's kind of that element of being on, and in that particular case, at a midpoint in the week, not just the end. Because sure. Sundays, Holly and I have a little correlation where we're matching calendars and games and different things, yeah. which is essential. So we kind of have a planning day once a week, and then we have a date walk, an hour and a half. Yeah. And really, that is our time. And there's not much more than that. And it doesn't diminish. You can still talk at dinner. You can still have other, yeah. every, every other interaction. But you make it specifically... You're going to connect. Those yep. Wednesdays, you're going to connect. Well, and... yes, because the boys want him, too. And so mm-hmm. during those other times, they want to share their moments and have their, you know, their time to, to you know, have a piece of dad. And, yeah. And so there's, you can't, you can't compete with that. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, is, is Holly and I love each other and support each other. And we were actually the ones that married each other before yeah. the kids. And right. And so... Keeping that part vibrant and alive and bright and remembering the best qualities of each other is so huge. And sometimes you don't see that just in the normal venue of parenting. Right. Sometimes you see not the ideal side of each other. And that's hard for me. Yeah, Why? Bronco's better at that. Well, because sometimes I feel the pull of being with the kids. Sure. You know, I feel that they need me and, oh. They're louder. You know, they whine more. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I need to be with them, and Bronco can wait, and whatever. And my mom's been good with that. You know, your marriage comes first, the kids will be gone. You need to spend time with, with Bronco and cultivate that, and, you know. And it's important for us to take time together and go on a trip together, too, hmm. without the kids and all that. To just so you do get a trip in once a year, yeah, just the family. Every year, yeah, just Holly and I. Yeah. Oh, just you two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Besides yeah, one as like a not, And not a scouting trip or not a whatever trip. <laughs> yes, You're not a, trek. <laughs> yeah. And not yeah. trek. 
Wow. Like, yeah. what, what does that look like? How fun would that be? It, it actually has worked pretty well because well, we're... <laughs> I think you go to France I'll, I'll or I'll let somewhere. you go. <laughs> it's Nike's trip. It's not really... Yeah. It's a, it's a Nike football trip. So uh, is it, but you get Nike. away. Yeah. I mean, they, they take, like, their 25 co- top coaches and, and, you know, take us somewhere. And so it's a week of, you know... That's interesting. And, but, but it, it's, and so it, and it's nice it, because it's totally... You can kind of... You're not required to do anything. You can do what you want. And so we just go, and usually it's always on the water, and so Bronco's completely happy. Happy, yeah. Either paddle or surf. <laughs> so he's in total euphoria, yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of like a honeymoon other than at the in the evenings you have to join up with all these people to have dinner. Yeah, and have, like, the event, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but the rest of the time. But that's okay because yeah. there are all other head coaches across the country. And so do it's all... actually really nice for Bronco because – that's like the only time he can, you know, those have become friends of his and he can have some peers that he can communicate with and share ideas. And share, and commiserate. So, yeah, because right? really, yeah, exactly. besides if, yeah. if there's things that Holly doesn't want to know, if I were to share some of the intimate details of our program with random people, everyone has someone else they tell things to. Oh, sure. And it doesn't take long before things are known that aren't supposed to be exactly known. right. Yeah. One of the things, though, that Holly understands, and it's so cool, is that she understands I need someone else to talk to on occasion, um, uh, and and so that setting provides that. But the other thing is Holly's parents grew up where they were traveling independently and fulfilling each other's um, – or filling their own needs and supported by the other. My parents always yeah. traveled always together. together. And so we had this time period, especially me, where, wait a second, where are you going? Yeah. And, Hold on. We're, we're supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. Be by yeah. my side. Yeah. How, however, um, right. what works now really well, and it took me a long time – but Holly actually needs to go, loves cultural experiences, loves to travel. And if I'm at football, um, meaning two-a-days from 6 in the morning till 11 at night, what, why would then – it's pretty selfish on my part to say, okay, just wait around and, yeah. and you're going to be yeah. asleep. So, yeah. But now she's traveling to Switzerland with the kids. While I'm working this other thing, she comes home, she's inv- invigorated, her cup is full, she's had this unique oh, experience, yeah. and our marriage is better. Well, and you don't have to feel this weird guilt. Yeah. Yet she's thriving. He can, he can sleep at the office if he wanted. He doesn't have to worry about getting yeah. home dust. He doesn't have to stress about. He can ride his Harley. Do- oh, yeah, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to worry about us. For, for for small breaks in the year and yeah. a couple weeks at a time, it's worked well for us to figure that out. Me especially. But look at it, it takes. But it takes a while, doesn't yeah. it? Because you don't come with the manual, knowing well. Holly is more independent yeah, and can sure. handle it. I. That's what I think is such a great thing. We should all be learning from what you're saying. Is it takes time to work it out. How long have you been married? Mm, 16. Uh, 16. Wow. 16 years. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Now, yeah. now you'll get it. Then it gets easier, but then your pressure is always weird. That's going to always be a problem. Our, our pressure is weird. And, and the other thing, living in this particular valley with the unique culture that's here, there is this measurement and being judged against um, others either in the church, in the quorum, yeah. in, in yeah. the this, in the that. And our life is different. We don't want to be outside of anything. Right. But we don't. All of our boxes aren't checked, um, no. and so we have our own way to manage um, as best as we can our spirituality, our family, the unique pressures of being the head coach. And sometimes um, Holly has done a, just a fantastic job of making that blend really well for our family and what works for us. And it might not be just the perfect traditional no. sense of what people think. But I honestly, good. 
because now you're, I guess you're normal. The deal, the, the deal with you guys is the rest of us, we all, we feel like that all the time. Like, Hey, you know, I'm not that great, but no one holds us up as great, but you're kind of forced into that position. We're talking again with Holly and Bronco Mendenhall. Again, the, the whole topic we were on, and I don't know if Bronco heard this before he came in is grounded. The mm-hmm. whole subject is grounded and yep. not letting our heads kind of get away from us because everyone's praising us and we're, we get all this attention, but grounded by definition means mentally and emotionally stable admirably sensible, realistic, and unpretentious, despite all praise and attention. Mm. And the more you guys Ooh, talk, I like it. Yeah. And, and by the way, in one of your articles, it was that's how you were described is a very grounded woman, Holly. So uh, yeah. we're going to take a break and come back and keep talking about it. I mean, again, any woman that can sport a bonnet and walk in a big, <laughs> huge, heavy dress after coming back from Switzerland, after coming back from Switzerland, oh, yeah. she's going to be the most. Yeah, oh, she's going to be so high and mighty walking across that. More with the Mendenhalls, folks. Uh, we're learning. We're learning and just enjoying um, seeing the behind, behind the veil, the Mendenhall veil. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Let's Show. Let's name the interview that, Mendenhall's Behind the Veil. Yeah, That's a good one. That's so good. More with the Mendenhalls right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, loving our discussion with Bronco and Holly Mendenhall. Again, you know, everybody thinks they know because they watch <laughs> Cougar Sports. They watch all of these things. They read the right thing. But you know what? You don't know. And what these guys are going through, and they'll never say stuff like this, but it really is a service role. It's a great coaching opportunity and everything, all that aside, it still takes a toll on your life, on your marriage, and um, to some degree, you got to have the principles and the values straight. And what what I love, Bronco, that I think you bring in a very unique way is a strong focus on principles mm. and values. Talk about that for a minute. Well, Holly and I make a great team that way. What, what I'm positive I'm supposed to do at BYU is ensure that um, – not only the program, but more importantly, the leader, meaning myself, um, is authentic. And I can't be authentic without being myself in terms of the values that I have. Right. And there's nothing more important to me than uh, my family and my faith. Those two things are, when you consider what I believe in, and that we will return to our Father in Heaven, what we do on this earth does have yeah. um, um, merit and and will be evaluated um, and how authentically we're doing that and with what intent, that's really important to me. But then what I also know that we'll take with us when we leave this world is the knowledge we've gained. And so I, I love to read. I love learning. I love passing that on to my kids. So um, Cutter awesome. is just a passionate learner, my is oldest, he? and we share that. We, we love to talk uh-huh. about things. He studies Latin, and he's just, he's just this sponge who retains so much, and I love that. So when you talk about uh, faith and family and education, those things are at the core of what I really believe. And I don't have many of this next one, but friends to me are super important. Not number. Yeah. Um, like depth. But depth and rather than superficial, the substance of someone that will really stand by you unconditionally. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I value Holly in our marriage so much is she sees my strengths, weaknesses, and imperfections and is still with me no matter yeah. what. She hasn't left you yet. And then eventually I, my job is to deliver all of that 
through what I do, which is football. Football. It's not that's I'm not doing and those things because today. of football. Today it's football. Exactly right. Tomorrow it'll be something else. I would love to yeah. live my life in a manner that let's say thirty years from now um, people don't remember that I was the head football coach because the rest of my life I've been able to contribute in some manner in such meaningful way that they would make them forget yeah. that I was the football yeah. coach at BYU. And Holly um, creates our home in a manner where it's a sanctuary. When I go home, um, I'm being um, supported to be a dad, um, a father, husband, um, priesthood holder, um, garbage taker outer, which I fail at frequently. <laughs> Bronco! Bed, yeah, bed maker. Um, but she loves the chance for me to be with the kids tucking them in. And, and, That's great. And those kind of things, which is... All of these things are just delivered through my job, um, not because of my job. Right. And if you're not careful, what you do can define who you are, and that's completely backwards. Because um, that's going to go away. Exactly right. Your doing is going yeah. to change. Exactly You'll right. You'll blow a hip. Not yeah, well, I guess it won't yeah. matter if you blow a hip. But something's going to change you. Exactly right. And, and so at home and with Holly and I, um, I'm never. Our conversation is never regarding my my role as head You're football due. coach. Yeah, it's it. This is just about our kids, our marriage, our life, our family, um, our goals, our values, excluding what my job is. How cool is that? It, well, that's uh, Holly's fantastic at it. Holly, it, it sounds like you're the a driver there in the principled focus. <laughs> Is that true? I mean, is that do you feel like do you feel like this poll like do you feel like this could get a this could get away from you and Bronco well, pretty easily? Well, it just seems so um superficial so much, you know. I yeah. mean, n- not to belittle or not to de- you know, um, yeah. not make li- make light of what he does because but really, I mean, I know that it's his paycheck and I I mean, I you know, I can easily see someone saying, "Oh, Holly Mendenhall, you know." Yeah you know, said, you know, making fun of his job and here he makes a great paycheck and all that. I'm not saying that at all, but, you know, I mean, you have to take into account what what all this is about, all this worldly stuff that it's about, you know, and so you have to, well, it's yeah, almost, you have to be grounded. It's and, almost and duplicitous. Well, go ahead. No, I think I, my upbringing was very grounded and I think my parents were very, um, my dad specifically was a very grounded person and he was a pediatric orthopedic surgeon and mm. just, you know, chose to live in Montana and could have lived a lot of places and made a ton of money but wanted a lifestyle. Yeah. And I think you find a lot of people like that in places like Montana because there's they don't care about the money. They care about a lifestyle. And so, I don't know, it's not all about all the brouhaha of everything. It's and so in- I look at all the all that stuff that surrounds all of this mania yeah. with athletics and sports, with kids and sports and all this other stuff. And it's just so out of control, really. I, I and think, it doesn't, you I, know, affect me. Well, and I think that's the, that's the grounded of this. Because if you weren't grounded in your principles, you'd be grounded in your, your position yeah. or your prestige or your property or something else that is going to be floating away from you. And in, in, uh, when we go to the head coach's functions, it's really easy for Holly and I to sit. Um, and just, uh, uh, we're certainly not judging, but when we're looking for common people and friends to be with, there is mm-hmm. this overwhelming majority of power, ego, um, interesting, yeah, that just is so overbearing. And then there's this very small subgroup of kind of 
humble, authentic authentic people just trying to figure it out for the sake of teaching kids based on principle. And that's a very small group who view view themselves as educators first that aren't interested really in the prestige. And so in in doing this personality assessment, I'm I'm passionate about learning and and so on the the simple MBTI, the introversion, introversion. What did you find out? I am – so if here's introversion – I'm as far off the scale introverted as you can be, and now I have this unique position. I am too interesting. Yeah. I'm very much like that. And so, but uh, then you have to perform. Really? There you yeah. go. Really? I oh seem gosh, like I'm not. Crazy. I know, but yeah, I no I would ra- yeah. would you ra- not rather be alone? I'd oh, rather be alone. So I gain power. Leave me from alone. That. So all of my hobbies, <laughs> yeah. if, if you take it for a second, surfing is by myself. By Fly fishing is by myself. Mountain biking is by myself. Yeah. Motorcycling yeah. is by myself. Running is by myself. But you think deeply, so you exactly go deep right. in your and thought, reading. and you experience deeply the world. As an introvert. But now think about Holly, who's extroverted. Yeah. And so now the give and take between us of making sure there's enough experiences for both. Oh, fascinating. To where she can be empowered by um, conversation and travel yeah. and social and things. and find you interesting. Exactly right. And sometimes those things have to be, for a moment, separate and distinct uh-huh. and, and independent That's to make the... sure when we come together that it, um, we can balance and complement each other. All the more reason. Have you guys read the book Quiet? I have. I love it. Is that not the great? That's yeah. that saved my life recently. It's awesome uh, because really, all the more reason you have to be grounded. And um, wow, I did not. I, I I always thought you were an introvert, but an introvert in your position, mm-hmm. you're not out there for yeah, the it's glory. Yeah, no, he's such an introvert. You know, I mean, he just seeks, <laughs> you know seeks solitude, and sometimes that's been hard because I bet. I'm home alone all day long, and you want to get I'm out. Ready to go out. I think I've become more of an introvert being married to him. I bet. Well, you almost have you know, to be, and I've, I've become time, more of an extrovert. Honestly, over time, I think I've become more of an introvert because you know, I mean, we well, have to almost batten down the hatches, like keep everyone out because yeah, a so, little bit, yeah. So Holly calls herself the gatekeeper. So the number of times I've opened our front door at my house, at our house, oh, since I I will not Zero. open the front door <laughs> because that just means they could be knocking. Yeah. We, we could all have mud up to our elbows. And you're like not coming in. Sitting there, and the doorbell <laughs> would ring, and he'll just sit there and keep on reading a book. That and is. The rest of us will look at him oh. like. Dude, are you going to get the door? <laughs> He's like, just look at us like, not a big this, problem this, for this me. interview's taking a nasty turn, hasn't I it? I know. I just felt the spirit leave us. <laughs> <laughs> that was so strange. That's good. But um, we, I guess we've only oh, we've only got a few more minutes. Uh, darn it. The Mendenhall's right when we get you opening up about your introversion. <laughs> so, so one of the things, though, it's fun. Um, so we go to these gatherings or these coaching functions or other assorted mayhem that we, we do because of this is my job. But... Holly always laughs because um, I start reaching for her hand like a hundred yards out from the the, uh, the group, oh you know, for like, me. Yeah, security. Like, and then I'm whispering, "Don't leave! Don't leave! <laughs> don't leave my yeah. side!" So one time she left to I don't know go. I, I turned to go I don't know talk to someone. I turned back and she was gone. And I, Bronco I, left I made a alone. Comp- threatened me after. Don't ever do that to me again. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like, "What? Grow what up, Bronco! Like you, like- you're the head coach." <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It's though? fun. She's your security blanket publicly in those in those settings, um, because really most of my support Probably is because I could talk to the wall. I don't care. I could yeah, yeah. but you can handle it. Yeah, and it doesn't drain you no, like Bronco. Yeah. Introverts are drained yeah. by that. Yeah. But you're yeah. you're energized by that, huh, Holly? Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, I love it. I love to talk to people, and 
you know, sitting on a plane, I can find out where they're from, who their family is. All and I bet Broncos just curled up in a ball hiding. Oh, exactly. Yeah, uh, he doesn't uh, even care. If he the book is open before someone yeah. even sits down. And yeah. if headphones will be on if necessary. That's what I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're such an introvert. That's why you're going to love the trek, Holly, because on the trek they have this moment they call the quiet walk or whatever, where no one's allowed to talk. And all the men get in your little hand cart and you have to pull them all by yourself. It's nice and quiet. Oh, great. It'll drive you crazy. We, we, uh, we make a really good team in a really unique set of circumstances. Um, and I think we've learned to, to really value the differences we have. Um, and that, that's been essential yeah. to us making it. And that the differences actually have tremendous value and rather than oh, just sure. being the same. Well, you're beautiful people. And um, I, you know what? Whether you know it or not, you know it professionally, but – I think people hearing your life just makes you normal. <laughs> and for, for the rest of us that are just actually normal, <laughs> that, that are deal with normal, normal every day. Uh, normal. Well, that's it's the really irony. Normal, that's the funny thing. But we, we look up to you guys. And um, thanks for being so real, really, because you're behind the veil. <laughs> the men that, that, really, that the is Mendenhall the Mendenhall behind the veil it's that's maybe a, this ought to be a series I, we got to we gotta do yeah, a series a, like a, a, oh. a monthly show or something you know, Mendenhall's I, behind someday the veil someday when you have that time and even if month. you but even if you can't do it we'll just send Holly in that would be perfect because Holly behind the <laughs> yeah. veil let's break down the veil that would be awesome don't you think like yeah. for real do you know how many listeners people I mean oh, Holly I'm behind the veil you. like to share our stuff well I hear yeah I hear Holly changing lives oh yeah okay Holly I'm serious you come okay. in and we do a behind the veil, and let's start breaking down this illusion of what's real but really not real. That's awesome. Okay, we're going to do it for sure. Let's do that. Okay, that I, no, Holly, great. I am going to hold you to that. Um, okay. I'd, I'd, I'll have to get a hold of you just through the normal, the way we got a hold of you this time. Uh, Rocco I'll, can give you my information. No, there, only if he okay. gives me the, the special wink and the handshake. I will. Otherwise, he's not trustworthy. I'll give you the wink and the handshake, and I'll, okay. I promise I'll protect her okay, with all of my... Ability. Thank you for having us, Holly. On that. You're the, you're beautiful. Good luck on track, by the way. Hey, uh, watch out for oh, blisters. Woo-hoo. Once you get one blister, you're going down, and then they usually put you down. <laughs> oh, don't great. don't let them put you great. down. You're, you're not replaceable, so no blisters. <laughs> That's right, Bronco. With we can't handle you going anywhere. <laughs> well done, Holly. Thank you, Bronco. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Appreciate so much. really fun. Appreciate you both. Bye. Good luck, folks. There's the Mendenhalls behind the veil. We lowered the veil. <laughs> Good stuff, folks. Thanks for joining us on uh, that interview. We're going to take a break. Come back more about grounding and being grounded. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. To the Matt Mobile. Matt Man. Matt Man. Matt Man. What is that? Welcome Matt back, man. everybody. Is that Matt Man? That's Matt, Matt man. man. To the Matt Mobile. Who's, who's the one that's flat? Matt Man. Matt. Matt man. You're the only one singing, Matt. Matt. Did I sing that? I hear Maddie. Matt that was, that's her. Yeah. yeah. That was courtesy of Rob Sanders. Wow. Rob's filling in today. Colonel Rob Sanders. He was the original producer of the Matt Townsend show until the accident. Then we had to replace him <laughs> because he made music hits like that. Man, Matt, man, that was 
you know. When, was, when was that made? Who made that? Who engineered that? 1950. Rob did, Rob Rob did that in 1950. Yeah. Oh, you mean the original in, or in the, the, womb. the yeah. new oh. updated I wasn't even born. hip version? I was born in 69, so that was that predates me even. But mm. but he, Rob is a visionary. It's a remix. Yeah, I know. He knew impressive. I is that a remix? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but uh, Bronco Mendenhall. That was amazing. That's pretty cool. You know, he's a stud. And it's hard. And Holly, are you kidding me? Hmm. Holly, I mean, so what a weird, like, dynamic. These two together, because Holly loves kind of seeing the world, the art, the French, traveling Mm -hmm. to Switzerland, going to France, all over the place. Loves to travel. Bronco just kind of wants to be on a fly fishing hole and just pulling out trout. Yeah, well, that's heartening for me because that's kind of how my wife and I are. Yeah. She's a lot more outgoing. She wants to go dancing, more social. Yeah. And me, I just curl up with my guitar or with a book or whatever, and I'm fine. Isn't that I, cool, I'm though? happy. That's, you know what, that's so what happy. I'm finding out. My wife and I, too. My <laughs> wife loves the social. So, you know, notice we're all figuring this out now, Juan. Yeah. I'm, I'm figuring it out uh, 25, 26 years into marriage. Bronco's 16. How long, Juan? Uh, just short of four. Four. Can you imagine getting married right now? Let's say, I don't know, within a few days, mm. getting married and then knowing that you're going to have to go figure that out. That to me seems terrifying. But at least you know about it. Well, yeah. Right? So you know you need to figure something out. Yeah. I don't know if I knew that I needed to figure it out. No, yeah. You, you didn't because you just knew you were in love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's in the house. And Aaron, by the way, is about to get married in how soon, Aaron? I'm, well, you guys are talking about 15 years. I'm negative five days, if you in will. Five days and counting. Aaron's going to take the leap. Marred. In gagged, in gagged to be marred. You're now in gagged to be marred. Then you'll just be marred. Yeah. Uh-huh. Marred. But, you know, there's something on that. I'm actually introverted, too. Is there something with guys just being more, like, I don't know. I don't personal think, I, or I th- alone? No, I think or, introverted. I'm the same I way. think about 40% of the population overall okay. are introverted. This hmm. studio is just full of a bunch of loners. It's interesting because you wouldn't think introverted people would be on the radio. Yeah. But, I, I you know, I see this more of no. an art hmm. Well, you know, when expression. it's us, it's just us three. There's no one else here. Yeah. That's I mean, there I might feel. be up to 20 million people. There's listening. other. Mike you Pond know. is not an introvert. Mike Pond is an hmm. extrovert extraordinaire. Mike is, you know, he's all outwardly focused. This is true. But those two girls behind you, total extroverts. In fact, I, I can hear them from here. I don't know. I think Meg's kind of introverted. Meg's in the house <laughs> with her beautiful daughter. Is that Zuzu? Yeah, it Zuzu! Is. Oh, I love you, Zuzu. I've heard so many good things about you. Good. We'll talk uh, to Zuzu and Meg. Uh, wow. We've got celebrity today. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I look, there's a celebrity. Even Zuzu's in the house. Um, and Aaron, who's going to be leaving us in five days. Yeah. Uh, now here's the deal. All right. Are you, are you, do you feel grounded? Like, did you notice that Bronco and Holly, they'd go right to their values, right to their principles. Do you feel like you know what your principles, your values are? I do. And it, it is easier, you know, marrying someone of the, of the same faith, but even that aside, the same goals, same, uh, dream, well, some of the same dreams, you know, yeah. with the family, but it's been, it's been a challenge just realizing you know i'll be molding my life together with hers yeah and that's not going to be easy well and all of a sudden you'll find out to do it like look at bronco it took him years to figure things out didn't he say the divorce rate in head coaches Uh is really high yeah i thought about that i was like wow um you're not going into head coaching no no what are you going into good question you know business i'm trying just to figure out you know aaron we've had a lot of people get married uh while working on the show yeah i don't know if a lot some 
And um, but here's the thing: I have never had one producer have a have John Gottman spend 45 minutes with them. That was pretty. Uh, nor was pretty have awesome. I had one been able to sit here when Bronco and Holly are teaching their keys to success. Mm-hmm. So in the end, um, I think we need to. You know, I think you've been very blessed. So don't so, screw it up. Don't right? screw this saying, up. Matt, is what I'm you saying. Screw this up. It's all on. What me. What are you worried about? Like what? Like because you're going to have changes. Yeah. What, what are things that are going to come down? Well, you can see them coming down that might worry you. I think that. Well, she's extrovert. Here we go again with the whole extrovert introvert. Yeah. She gets energy from always being with, being with me or with other people. And yeah. sometimes I need a break to yeah. maybe just play the guitar, actually, or music. What's I with like everybody that playing Video games. That's good. Just little things like just to kind of unwind, but to myself. That's harder for her to understand. She thinks I'm like maybe blocking her out, yeah. but that's not what I'm doing. No, that's not. It's so, like a recharge period. That's it. So, so part of that is I for sure would go read the book Quiet with yeah. each other and then talk about it. Because Quiet is about introversion and um, because forever the the culture, America, the Western civilization is very extroverted driven. So you're seen as more valuable if you work well with others, if you are able to talk to others and if you're engaged with others. But we've kind of overlooked this great powerful role of being an introvert. So introverts tend to go very deep in themselves. They try to experience the world kind of more in themselves but deep. Extroverts tend to experience the the world much widely, more widely, but not always as deep. So shallow? So more shallow. Are we saying extroverts are shallow? Well, they kind of have to be because they are meeting so many people and they're having so many experiences Mm. they don't have time. Like, have you ever been on a trip where you go and you'll see – we went to Israel, saw some of the most incredible places in Israel for about 38 minutes. And you could study deeply, but you're there, but then you got to get on the bus to get to the Mm. next incredibly amazing place. Mm-hmm. So that's to me seems like sometimes what can happen with the extrovert. The introvert would stay in that one place, never move to the other 500 places, stay in the one, master the one. Hmm. But I would talk. I, I think the big key yeah. is get her understanding what you're good at, your gifts, what you're bringing to the equation. Let her understand her gifts. And then you just negotiate. That's a negotiation. You'll do that the rest of your life. She'll want to go to every wedding. Every time there's ever an event, a wedding, anytime you're invited to anything, she will want to be there. Yeah. And you will eventually will be like, ugh. You'll be so sick of potluck dinners. Yeah. You'll never want to go to one again. But I would learn to just go and smile and yeah. say, babe, I'm totally loving to go here. Can we just also maybe just not be here forever? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, having a night's end will be nice. And I think it's give and take, like you said, yeah. what I think is it's not, it's sacrifice. It is. And, and the key is if you I'm already know that you're different, that, so. like literally, I didn't know. About the introversion extroversion difference mm-hmm. till recently, and that's twenty five years into marriage, mm-hmm. twenty three years, twenty four years. As into Bronco mentioned, though, I think. Do you think it's possible to kind of become more the opposite yeah. because of your spouse? Uh-huh. Able well, to kind and of- your mission. So my mission is very about much about helping other people. So my mission has to be accomplished extrover- extrovertedly. So I have to – and if I want to help as many people as I can on relationships, that's why a radio show works or TV or books and things like that or speaking. Every one of those are very extroverted. So I actually – I'm totally okay doing it. But when I leave here, I usually need my 45-minute ride home to regroup. But how did right. you develop that then? How did you kind of conquer yourself, I guess, I, to develop that? I Part of it is – um, I actually I, – what a lot of this is performance for me. So I like mm-hmm. the performance side of a lot of what I do. So it was more natural. I kind of, It's kind of like being an actor. 
Hmm. So if you guys knew the real me, you'd be like, whoa, <laughs> Dr. Jekyll. Well, doesn't it also give you some joy in seeing how you affect people's yeah. lives? See, so it that makes helps it so it's easier for me to through. be. Like, man, I've uh-huh. changed someone. And Bronco mentioned it, and I can't remember if he mentioned it on air or off, but he's very mission-driven, and he knows what his purpose is as a coach, and it's not just X's and O's. He's here to change lives. He's here to influence people's lives. And so when I know that, I can get up more easily to go to an event where I know I can influence lives. The harder part, though, is... Sometimes, like you said earlier, we just have to do it for our wife. I'm just going to go be extroverted for you, hmm. and I'll dance like a monkey. <laughs> and um, and sometimes I'd love to see that, Matt. And sometimes monkey dance. She'll need to, you know, be willing to stay home or do a little bit like uh, like Holly Mendenhall was talking about, where yeah. she'll just go out on her own sometimes. Right. One rule too, just to be looking out for. You're, no spouse, no husband, wife can ever fulfill everybody's needs. So you're not there to fulfill all of your partner's needs. Your partner still has to be independent and go out and find other ways to have their needs met. So if you can't be everything she needs you to be socially, go be as much of it as you can. And be willing to learn and grow and take classes and change and get feedback from her. And and then, if you know, we're doing the best we can. You'll grow in it. It's no big deal. Okay. Aaron, I'm here for you, brother. Thanks, Uncle Matt. Plus, after you're married, you're going to come back to the show, right? And is this gonna... the last live show, I think, this week? Or... I think it is. So the rest I'll be taped. married next time I come back on the show, and you can. Next time you're on the show, on we're going to. We'll, we'll go in depth. We ought to just do a. Uh, I don't know. It's like a. Well, it's called a vulture session, like where the vulture yeah. flies oh, in and pick just me apart. picks at the carcass. I'm excited for that. A pick Might session. Just have a two week honeymoon. Wow. <laughs> two hours of Aaron. That is a go. lot I'm of love. Scared coming Aaron, back good now. luck to you, brother. Thank you. Again, Appreciate you'll be that. fine. You'll be fine. I have total confidence in you. And again, if not, we're here. All right. I know people that know people. We'll, we'll I think everybody knows people that know people. No, my people actually know people oh. that can help him get help. He All won't right. need help. He's fine. Hey, we're taking a break. Speaking of help, Meg Conley's in the house. Nobody needs more help than Meg Conley. She's the queen, the guru. She, by the way, brought a very special guest with her today. Zuzu is in the house. The beautiful Zuzu Conley. Up next, this is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, guess who's in the house? Meg Meg Conley's in the house. And uh, Meg is uh, sporting a little bohemian attire. Is it? This is like very 1950s, like the circle skirt with the high waist. I don't know. And like a little striped shirt. Yeah. 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 Do you know what bohemian means? Anyway, um, (laughs) Meg's wearing clothes. Yes. Which is a great colorful. start. They Very colorful. That would, by the way, but again, it doesn't matter. And you brought your best half, maybe. Yeah. So I brought Zuzu. I brought Zuzu with me. Zuzu so, Bingham. Zuzu Bingham. Not Conley, because Conley would be your name. Yes. And you're carrying your name, not the family Bingham name. Right. Because, Just because of professional reasons. Yep. That's well, and also because I wanted to. Yeah. So. Well, you, well, your your father. <laughs> Is left you an incredible heritage. Yeah, I do. It is. It's kind of um, it's kind of a nice way to remember him is to maintain Conley and and you know my husband and I we um, 
this actually will segue very nicely Let's hear into this. Okay. This be great. So, By the way, Megan Progress is your website. Yes, MeganProgress.com. When are you going to start making progress? Because um, I've been there quite a bit, <laughs> and I'm not seeing a lot of progress Listen, being made. The, the progress is incremental, okay? okay? Like degrees. And it's like sometimes it's just like a degree of a degree. Okay, so it's See what I'm saying? Har- so it's Meg hardly in progress. <laughs> right. Meg Meg kinda wants Incrementally to be in progress. In progress. But but that's all of us, that's right? Good. But that's, that's totally and that's a great website. Everybody you gotta go check that out. Meg so, in progress. Meg in progress. So so my husband and I have been best friends since we were twelve. Right. And so um Twelve. Twelve. And I was in love with him, like about the time we turned thirteen, so in love with him. Really? Yeah, and he um he just dated like a really a lot of really, really hot girls, like the cheerleading yeah. captain, like pe- girls that were like Two and three years older than him. Would he then come back to you and he'd be like, Meg, oh, these girls. He would tell just me so all about weird. it. And, and, I'd, hear it. and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> Did it crush like, you? It crushed cry. you. Right. And so, so that was that was a decade. We didn't yeah. date until we were in our 20s. So, um, But well, so, what was happening for all that time? You know, Why did it take so much time for him to like uh, see the flower <laughs> that you are? It took me a little while to blossom, maybe. Is that what it was? But, and it took him a little while to not be an idiot. Do you think it was your clothes? <laughs> was it your clothes? Mike? No, I've always dressed this way. Okay. He likes this, yeah. Did he? Yeah, he does. And Lucky. he's your best friend. He does. See, and but the benefit friend. of that, he was your best friend. Yes. And so he would always say, like, um, like if he was like, like frustrated or thought I was funny, basically any spike in emotion at when we were best friends, he'd, he'd say, he'd say Megan Conley. And so, and that it was always, it was good, bad. That's what he said. And so when we got married, it didn't make any sense for me not to be Megan Conley to him anymore. And so, and so I kept, so I kept my name. That's who I'd always been to him. And, and, and we talked about it at length and and he agreed. So he still calls me, you know, Megan Conley for, for good and for bad. Well, and really what does the name mean? Other than, see, what matters is the bond. Sure, absolutely. The name, whatever. Right. And so, but I think that that, I think that that is a great topic about, you know, unrealistic expectations. That was one point where we were able to meet in reality and understand yeah. my needs and for him to understand what I was trying to say by maintaining my name. And, um, and once he understood that, it was just a moot point. Like it never, it never comes that's, up. That's right there. The definition of grounded. Yeah. You, 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 what mattered was the spirit of it. Right. Exactly. Not the letter. It wasn't, it wasn't a statement. I'm not really into he doesn't uh, making own a, you. Right. Well, he doesn't. Let me make let's, that clear. Everyone, let's get that clear. <laughs> Meg is not owned by anybody. I will not be owned. <laughs> She's but, owned by Meg in progress. But, that's right. But um, but but even that being said, I think that I think that sometimes something that we do when we're um in the realm of the unrealistic is we try to make a symbol of ourselves um, when we're t- to take a stand. Yes. And um, and that wasn't what I was doing here. It was right. very personal and it had to do with my life, my circumstances. And I think that if when you're looking out into the landscape of your life, mm-hmm. if the things that you're hoping for, the things that you're doing, the places that you're planting your feet, if it has to do with you, your personal heart, your personal circumstance, then there's a way for that to be um, a realistic thing. If, if we start to operate outside of that, we all often find ourselves um, lost, overwhelmed, inauthentic. That's what Bronco was talking about, how it's hard to be, because everyone wants him to be this persona of the head football coach. Right. And... You know, it, it's not who he necessarily is. And it's, you know what? I've I've held Bronco to that standard, unfortunately. Yeah, everybody Like, we're does. watching a BYU football game, yeah. and my husband is a diehard BYU fan, and I'll just be like, Bronco, why was this Saturday ruined <laughs> by the loss of the game? And that's, yes. that's unrealistic. It's not, exactly. it's not always within that's his control. Good. Yeah. Hey, so, um, so I've been I've been that person, too. I, I think you've also, you've lived the other side of it, because... Um, you're 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 turning into a a star 
Oh, please. You uh, recently. What, what do you what do you call the newbie stars that like are uh, like yeah, they're barely casting uh, light? I bet you Juan knows because Juan's very intelligent. Like across, they haven't even begun to cast light across um, the universe. Yeah. Like they're just like uh-huh. barely beginning. It's a baby star. Tanner, do you know that? A proto star. A proto star, like sure. a prototype. Good. A, yeah, uh, that does sound good. Well, let's just make I've it. I've heard up. it once. It's called a proto star. <laughs> It's a star in. The as long making. as I'm not one of those ones that implodes in on itself. And well, no, that's hole. how you end. Yeah. You'll end up that way. <laughs> Everyone does. Uh, but you, you, you went to a conference. Oh yeah, I did last week. That's where I was all last week. Um, and I, I'm bringing it up now because we all had a wager that you would bring it up very early. I don't do my and own press like that. I guarantee like you, she told I you. Do, I don't do my she, own press like that. Whatever. Please. But you had you spoke with somebody that was on the show last week. Yes, Chris. Did Chris pass anything on to you? She said it was a great interview. It was fantastic. Yeah, she said thank you very much. Did and it she was tell a great you about interview. the advice we gave her? I I don't think so. You might want to go listen to Chris's <laughs> show because we gave Chris some <laughs> Did advice. You to stay away from me. Uh, kinda. Come on. Just that you're. Chris is great. That you're tough. You're tough. I'm tough. And um, I don't want. I'm trying to keep you grounded, but you're getting such a big head because you're you're now speaking at all these conferences. Well. I think that you just have to be I think that all of us become successful in in our own realms right like whatever that is I want to write and speak and so that's what I'm currently working towards and occasionally attaining but whether it's making the perfect pie crust or um, having abs of still whatever sure yeah is that your unrealistic why did you just look at my gut <laughs> honestly Juan Listen, keep... she's so not subtle no, it's subtlety is not her strong point. She looks yeah. right at my gut well, right when you know, I said James that. It's not, it's not a bad on, thing. James is always on my side when he is on that yeah. side of the desk. You're well, losing. I'm not on. James. I'm Juan on. Carlos de los Sagrados Corazones. De <laughs> Please remember his name is not James. Yeah, but James, if James were here, James would take her side. He always takes her side. That's the deal. Mm-hmm. All Which the, is why James is no longer here. All the producers take my side, yeah. and Matt is just left Floundering. hanging. Yes. Good thing I'm an engineer, not a producer. That's the deal. It's very technical. You are very technical. Um well, we're glad you were a success. And just go listen to Chris's interview. I will. She's great. She's I'll, fantastic. I'll listen to it for her. Yeah. She's great. Well, and part of it is just what we said about you. It was very special. It was very endearing. It was very endearing. But listen, I do think I do think that we, as women especially, we get mixed up. We feel like having an unrealistic expectation is really forcing ourselves to be our better selves instead of living authentically, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so that's a huge problem. And then when we don't meet that unrealistic unrealistic expectation, we fall to these unrealistic depths. And it's like uh, this roller coaster, up yeah. and down, up and down, right? And none of it's realistic. None of it is real. Like, none of it is based in reality. It's all our own perception. So I think that what we need to, and I know I talk about this on the show all the time, but we have to figure out who our authentic selves are and what is what applies to us personally. We have to stop. I am constantly making a symbol out of myself. Like, do you find yourself totally. doing that? Like, what's like mine? I const. I don't, but a lot of people constantly make me a, a, up to be a sex symbol. And sure. I don't feel I'm that way. I don't feel that way. I think I'm more of a brain. <laughs> And you're laughing. The, think, the thinking woman's sex symbol. You're so rude. Uh, uh, well, uh, that's you're what so called. rude. That's what they're I'm called. Tr- like in People Magazine, uh, they're like the thinking woman's sex symbol, and it's is always that what it is? yeah, and it's always in the same in, uh, yeah the same magazine as the sexiest man alive. It's just a different yeah. guy. I've never like, been in that one. Uh, <laughs> but I'm but so I I, I I do know what you mean by making a symbol an iconic um what is it persona yeah we become a type instead of ourselves type. yeah yeah and so and so i do that all the time because i'm a woman that must mean i am 
you know, motherly, X, y, and Z. Yeah. motherly. I'm going that you to... make food and bring it to people, right? Stuff like that. I can manage a budget. I can, I can, um, in multitask in, in church the other day, we had a lesson on, and I kept my mouth closed, but we had a lesson on being meek, yeah. which is good, very good. I, I enjoy meekness. Yeah. One should be meek. That's yes. great. Um, I don't think women need that lesson. I think that you that think lesson, they're more naturally meek. Uh, I think that we've. I think we're more naturally meek. I think that we've been um, <laughs> beaten into meekness. Yeah, I beca- think. Yeah. I think that. I think that we are meek. We've got that down. I would love a lesson on how to be fiery. Ooh. That is the lesson that I would love you women to be getting right now, yeah, and women, how to yeah. and how to channel yeah, fire. How to channel that? You know, we hear you. So, you don't need a lesson in fiery. <laughs> But others, you're saying, might, speaking but, for But some others women. do. And so I think, like, and the whole time I was in this lesson, I kept thinking, okay, great. Yes, we all want to be this, this archetype of meekness, of submissiveness to the, be- to the greater good. But what happens is that women often sacrifice themselves on the altar of unrealistic expectations based Boom. on those yeah. symbolisms, yeah. symbols, based on those types. Yeah, so, and that's what you're saying. That's the, that is the unrealistic. It's inauthentic. It's unrealistic. Exactly. Okay, yeah. We need to be true to who we are apart from all of those archetypes. Man. <sighs> I knew it would go this way, Juan. You did not. It would go <laughs> this way. No, At least you got fantastic. someone on your side this yeah, time. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you're just so darn smart. Stop it. And you know what? Fiery. I am fiery. You're also, by the way, just so you know, you ha- you also have meekness. I, you're I, a very I, meek person. You really are at right. times. I'm not, I don't feel like no, I'm overbearing. You're not at all. Well, overbearing <laughs> a little bit, but not. But you're also meek Why? and fiery. You kind of get on my side, boyfriend. Why? Look at you. Juan, Juan never listens. Every- <laughs> Juan's usually just trying to figure out law school. Yeah, that too. That, well, that's that's made me kind of cynical. But don't ask him for advice because he can't give you. Any. That's we're right. Gonna, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Meg Conley. From yes. meginprogress.com, uh, the mother of Zuzu, but not just the mother of Zuzu, the mother of also of Viola. Um, Viola. Yes. Who's uh, too little to come Who's today. too little to be here today. And uh, by the way, Zuzu's, I guess, being taught Maddie's teaching the ways of the world. By Maddie. Yeah. Again, that could be a problem later. Uh-oh. Um, we're going to take a break. More with Meg Conley when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Meg Conley in the house from Meg in Progress. Very, um, you're very much in progress, Meg. Yes. That's a good thing. We all are. Uh, yeah. Some of us are what we call a work in progress. Yeah, I think that that's what I am. And some of us are just a piece of work. That's different. <laughs> that is offensive and maybe accurate. I've actually been called a piece of work regularly. Have you? Mm-hmm. Seems like kind of an old school insult. It's my mother, and <laughs> she does it regularly. She's listening today. I'm sure that made her right there. Made her so happy. Um, so, Meg, yes. uh, keep teaching us. So, we don't. Part of the problem to be grounded is you can't get caught up in fluffy, not real 
expectations. Right. Like these standards that we or society have set for ourselves. Yep. Okay. And so I, when I find myself feeling um, the most overwhelmed or the worst about myself, it's generally because I'm holding myself up to be a person that just doesn't exist yeah. to, to this, um, this, this stereotype that isn't a part of my reality. And so, so if I, if I can't live up to it, then I, I am going to fail and I'm going to fail constantly. Well, and you but already failing... know you, but you know it while you're doing it. Yes. And you it's, know it's a, a facade. stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Why am I even working towards that? So I think that what we need to sit down and do is separate who we are from who we think others feel we ought to be. Mm. And if you can sit down and do that, and I'm a big fan of writing things out. I know. You're a writer. I'm a writer. Have you I, noticed that? I, I, <laughs> See, I don't write it out. Do you write it out by hand? I. You know what? I do often because it, I feel more connected. Like if yeah, I'm making a, a list or something that I do feel like writing makes things concrete to, mm-hmm. to the brain. I'm sure there's some study. Out. You're smart. No, there's, there's some study out there's there. There's a study. That it's that, study right? number seventeen. Sure, sure. <laughs> study number seventeen. Writing makes it concrete. And so it's a great. And study. so it makes it. It makes it realistic. It makes it something tangible. Something that you can hold. So, so I think that you need to do that initially. Mm-hmm. That's that's. But where you what need you to would start. write out is what. I guess what do I? What am I really? What like try to get a real identity for who you are. Right. Not just bring in all of these iconic. Thoughts. Right, like these things, like, like I perfect, like, exactly. Perfect is is an example that most of us are buying into. Yes, I must be perfect, and we have to ask who is defining that perfection because it isn't you. No, it's probably not the people that you care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just fake. It's Fitness Magazine, quite it's honestly. Fi- it is Fitness Magazine. Is that like the actual name? I don't know. Uh, they, but they're the ones that have defined what generic. abs are supposed to look like, <laughs> and they are the ones that said it's supposed to be a six pack. Right. Instead of a one pack. Well, you know, something that was a total paradigm shift for me was I thought that someone who had a clear and ordered life always had a clear and ordered house. Mm. And if I wanted to have that life, I had to have that house. And so I spent, I mean, you can ask Riley, poor Riley, months. Oh, poor trying, Riley. Poor, for so many reasons, poor, right? Poor. Poor <laughs> Riley. Listen, he's such a he's good doing, guy. He's doing just fine, okay? <laughs> but he, he's um, just fine. He, um, I would call him because I couldn't figure out how to keep the pantry organized and keep the girls' room clean and, you know, this and this and this and this. And it was so overwhelming. And I felt like I can't live a deliberate, intentional life if I can't maintain a deliberate and intentional space. Yeah. But with two children who were toddlers at the same time with a freelance, you know, with writing and speaking and, and Riley's more than full-time job, right. it, it was becoming an impossibility for me. And I felt totally worthless. But you're a I woman. Could, you should know how to make a pantry I work. I should know how to make a pantry work. You That's, should see the inside of my fridge right now. Is it, it is, a mess? It, it's a joke. Yeah. So I read this really great thing where it said, your house is not a museum, it's a workshop. So, huh. So would I be upset if I was a carpenter and there were some, you know, shavings of wood around my workshop? No, No, because that's what it's for. That's right. Okay, so so that's what my house is for. And so I've extended that to that's what my life is for. Like this is a workshop. That's cool. And so that's removed a lot of unrealistic expectations, not just about my domestic achievements, but about all of my other achievements. I'm allowed to be a work in progress. But that's so the paradigm is the shift is everything is not real. It's just in progress. Right. It's like Meg in progress. Right. It's about being in progress. Exactly. And you're allowed to have these big dreams, right? They just yeah. have to be um, authentically a, a portion of you instead of a portion of society Beautiful. or culture. And so um, and so once you remove that clutter, right, like once you get down to the bare bones, you're able you're able to do these big grand things with your life, sure. even if they're just big and grand to you. Because I, I have if you buy into the myth, then you have to you have to feed the myth. 
Yes. Right? Oh, exactly. And then you're constantly feeding the myth. Exactly. But, and none of it's really you. And forcing it upon others. Yeah. I mean, it's exhausting. And so, you know, I spent about six months um, a couple years ago trying to figure out the house, uh, cooking, everything perfect, domestic goddess thing. What else could I have been doing with those six months oh. that would have been more authentically me? Uh, Lost time, right? Deer Hunter 2014. It, that would have been... <laughs> That would have been a better use of my time see, that, that, than stressing it out about the contents of my fridge. But don't you think that's why we go there? Because yes, oh, totally. everything else stresses us out so, so much, we, we have to go to just the inane. Oh, absolutely. That explains so many things from Instagram yeah. to, I mean, like well, my other yeah. current like online obsessions. I actually don't play any games. Why? I should. I read, you know what I do? Netflix. T- Truth time. Are you ready for this? What? Celebrity gossip. Do you really? I kind of do. Why? I don't know. Because oh. it's like so... I, page six. It's classy celebrity gossip. No, it's not. I don't that's go to, dirty. I don't go to TMZ. No, page six. That's in the New York Post. That's like legitimate. I know, but... but <laughs> um, right when you said that, see, now I'm going to judge your... But it's because I become overwhelmed by yeah. the expectations I've set for myself. And the thing is, it's it's a constant... It's a constant process of reevaluating where you are, what you're doing, what's important, what are my priorities. I mean... It's monthly, weekly, daily, sometimes mm-hmm. by the minute. And sometimes it does become overwhelming. And I got to admit, I, about once a day, go to page six and scroll through, like, who, who is who is Mel Gibson dating right now? And it calms me. Isn't that often? It's awful, well, right? It's, I don't know if it's awful. <laughs> I mean, it's just wrong. It's inane. It's inane. Yes. Well, but get We're in line. We're some of the inane. Well, yeah. Yeah, totally. Half of my, half of my life is inane. So- <laughs> Three quarters of my life is inane. Um <laughs> But I think you're onto something here. Yay! Because if we could just frame our lives not as the final act, but as the meet the, exactly. the intermediary act, right. act, act right. two in a three act play, right? And and in, and enjoy it while we're in it. You know, like we we live in this little house right now that we bought while we were in college. Don't do not it's get adorable. a bigger house. Well, I, I know you've looked. Yeah, but here's the thing: we haven't because don't. every time I think about it, I'm like. I don't want the responsibilities of a bigger house right, right now. And so, Ever. so we're, we're staying. Well, no, it's going to need to get a little bit bigger. No. You, I mean, we, this thing. we come rent my basement. <laughs> Listen, your definition of big and my definition of big might be. No. Might be different. <laughs> okay. I have a very big basement that you can rent out and live. It's probably bigger than my entire house, honestly. My house is very tiny. I'm sure. And, and it's been great, but I. Um, it's but it's, for, it's, it's a nightmare. It's forced me. To, it's forced me to live in the moment too, because for yeah. so long I'd say, "Well, I'll put the bookshelves up when we move. I'll um, I'll garden when we move." Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't, even though we have the means to, we haven't felt it's right to move yet. Yeah. So it's forcing me to live in the moment, and everything is much more enjoyable. I feel less pressure to find a bigger space. Oh. But oh. I think that applies to every aspect uh, of our everything. lives, right? See, but that, live so in the it's, moment. It's what. So that's what all of the great. Uh, religions teach is it's really what you can live without. Exactly. So live without it. Live without the expectation. The minute I bought a house, I had to buy a bigger house because we had a bigger family. Right. And we weren't fitting in the smaller house. Right. Then I needed a car that could hold the family. Do you have a minivan? No. Oh, I want a minivan so no. bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I have a Suburban. Yeah, listen to the people laugh. <laughs> I'm glad we have an audience. Come in on, here. the Honda Odyssey. Your listeners are like, "Oh yeah." I would love a Honda, Honda Odyssey. Odyssey. That was my that favorite car like, we ever owned cuz I didn't even have to open my doors. I could drive a vacuum in the back. Like when I would drive carpool, I'd slow down to about 12 miles an hour and then I'd open the back and I'd Tanner, say, "Jump, kids." Is that true? Jump. Yes. 
He says yes. Oh, he has to say yes. <laughs> he has to because he needs a ride home. <laughs> but we don't want to get caught up in all this stuff. Yeah, and and I think and and in the and then the expectations of a better tomorrow. Oh. Like you can make today better, right? Yeah. yeah. And and um and odds are tomorrow will be better. I think right. that often life is um multiplied in great ways for us, but but I think that, you know, plant the garden now and be okay if only half of it lives. I mean, like yeah. like we're just that's my lot literally good, in well, life. Yeah. That's <laughs> better than my odds. <laughs> We don't even do gardens. Uh, right. Well, yeah, I didn't this year because it was so pathetic last well, I year. I didn't because my father didn't come do it. You're, does uh, your dad come and plant a he garden He did last for year. You? Changed my life. That is the best thing I've ever heard. It was beautiful. He And I ate tomato sandwiches all summer. Oh, your parents are the best. I know. And uh, it, it didn't happen this year. Because he didn't come and oh. break his mm. elderly back I mean, yeah. to plant your garden. Are you calling my dad old? <laughs> he, well, That's probably so a, rude. a little bit older. <laughs> Sorry, Poppy. Um, yeah, he has an elderly back. <laughs> but in the end, so do I. We all do. Yeah, so do I. I love your theory of just just be you. Right. And accept it. Right. And you're going to fail even at being you. I fail oh. at being me constantly. Oh, I've noticed. And, and, uh, right? You're the I think sometimes worst the, I think sometimes the gurus will be like, just live authentically and everything yeah. works out. Like, that's that's kind of a load of Do baloney. they talk that high? Yeah, that's like when you're trying to convince someone, you're like, listen to what I'm saying. Yes. Like no. that. Yeah. You're convinced, right? I totally but am. But I fail at being me all the time. But glory of glories, I get to wake up tomorrow and start all over again. Well, but, well, and, but we're all uh, failing because failure maybe, is us. Well, I thought they maybe failing at being me is being me. Yeah. Which is really delightful in its own little way. But you succeed so many other ways. Well, but... But that's good because I, you know, I love the symbolism of the 24-hour cycle, right? Like you go to sleep, um, you enter, you know, death, like you sleep through the night, mm. through the darkness, and then you're resurrected in the morning. Like that is like some very powerful symbolism. So, that's great. So every morning you get to wake up again. And you start it's again. It's a resurrection and you get to start again. Have you ever heard the C.S. Lewis quote that says the cross comes before the crown and tomorrow is another Monday? I've never heard that. Profound very profound even if you didn't get it <laughs> um, so we always have the cross that precedes the crown right right the trial before the blessing yeah and we start again tomorrow yeah that's right so tomorrow you wake up in the resurrection right and you're new right and then i usually blow it by nine yeah but then you have the next day right <laughs> yeah and then i'm like i'll ah, i'm just gonna well, i'll fix it tomorrow just start again tomorrow but that's great we can we can and that's and i think that's something especially women um, forget a lot of the time. I think I did go to that conference. Mm-hmm. You rocked and, it. And I it heard. was full. Thank you. Um, but it was full of all these really um, gorgeous, talented women. And and this was this was a big topic of discussion there. I mean, even amongst women that I consider aspirational, yeah, they were they were talking about how to be more authentically themselves and how to um, fail authentically as well as succeed authentically. Hmm. And and I and I love that discussion totally. is being held in in those spheres because hopefully that means it's being held everywhere else too. Well, and I'm glad you brought it here. Yay. Thank you for inviting me, Matt. So much fun. We never get as deep as we do when you're here. And then I leave and you guys are like, could she just, I don't know. Cuckoo. (laughs) She's crazy. She's crazy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You really are my favorite. Thank you. Well, I love coming on. Well, Bronco's my favorite. Bronco's first favorite. Then Holly. And then Juan. And then Juan. Sure. Of course. Well, and then the rest. Because Juan. And then Zuzu. Always on your side. Zuzu's so great. She's incredible. If we great. can get her in here, you're going to like her a lot. She just found out that we were talking about her. Yeah. She's like, what? She's talented. So are you going to stick with us for this last yeah, break? Yeah, I can. Um, it looks like Zuzu and Maddie are having a good time. Yeah. So, so you know, 
just let them be. Let them be. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, you know, we've been talking about grounded all day today. Not being grounded. That's something different. But focused, dedicated to your life. So for our last block, we thought we'd head a little different direction. We're going to talk about how sometimes you need to ground your kids to keep them grounded. And we'll be talking about some of the punishments that our parents doled out while we were uh, younger because we weren't polite. I can hardly wait to hear uh, Meg's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she probably got some serious grounding. This is the Matt Townsend Show. More after this right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back. Oh, boy. I hope you got that on the air. We just got a little snort out of Meg. It wasn't little. We got a huge snort out of Meg and her deviated septum. Welcome I'm going to get it fixed. Don't. That, see, that's part of the illusion. Trademark. You don't need... Hey, women can snort, Meg. It's not the snorting. It's the not breathing thing. I can't breathe through my nose. You know what? Breathing? So overrated. I'm like, a, I'm like a mouth breather. I've noticed. I know, because I can't breathe through my nose because the deviated septum. But when I do it, it they're, it's like so Let it like, go. prolific. They're going to have to Let change it. Go. My nose will look different. Don't do it. It'll look like I, I will have to have plastic surgery. Don't do it. That ruined that dancer. Lady from that Jennifer show. Jennifer Grey. Michael yes. Jackson. I know. Not Michael. That was another No, um, she changed her don't notes do it. and everything. She but lost all of her work. No one will trust you. Jennifer Aniston had a quote unquote deviated septum mm-hmm. and changed her nose. And they and undeviated she, it. And she's done pretty well since that happened. Well, I know, but I don't want to point so. out the obvious, but she lost Brad. But that was before she. That, that was that was pre nose. That was pre nose or post nose. That was post nose. Oh. Exactly yeah. right. Hmm. He only knew her with the new nose. I I can't imagine you with a new nose. It disturbs me. That's why I haven't done it yet. Don't do it. So I'm just going to Again, it's up to you. It is your life. It is your breather. (laughs) It's your breathing apparatus. But I would miss the old nose. Me too. I feel the same way. That's why it's still here. And it's not like hooked and totally crooked. No. It's it's beautiful. It's straight. It's very, yeah, very straight. Roman, a Roman nose. It's a Roman nose, by the way. Very snorty. It's very snorty. It can't (sighs) be helped. Speaking of snorty, Mike <laughs> Pond is with us. Mike, uh, what are we doing here for the last block? Well, me and Maddie are thinking about talking about how being grounded helped hmm. us. Were you both grounded? Many times. Okay, can I just All make a... All the time. Did, were you, I, let me just, just throw this out there because once it's out, I won't need to ever say it again. I was never grounded. I was never grounded either. Perfect, ever. Perfect ever. children. Not, yeah, ever. Not guys, even when you were like six. Never. You guys lived in a different generation where... I lived in a different... How old are you, Maddie? I'm pretty sure we're Generation. Meg was tased, but she was never grounded. <laughs> no, um, I just got like well, there were discussions. Like, yeah. Things were discussed. I didn't really get. I never got into real trouble. I think the benefit of being the last child, my mother was exhausted. Sure. And was too sure. tired to ground me or talk to me. <laughs> now we used to have really great talks, Mommy. but I was never grounded. So yeah. I just let's get that out there. Let's go to those who have been grounded. Uh, I guess the the um, the dangerous children, Michael. You know what? As a little child, I was a little demon. Were you a demon? My parents switched around the lock on my door to lock me in my room when I was on timeout. Interesting. And I would kick out the screen. 
I'd open my window, kick out the screen, run outside, ring the doorbell, ding dong, ding dong, mommy, really? timeout's over. Weren't you in an but apartment during a, building? When were I was you a very teen? energetic. You oh, seemed like you were a hyper kid. I was always moving. Yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> stop. Interesting. Um, yeah. But when I was a teenager, not a problem. Like, mm-hmm. never was grounded. But really? when I was a little kid, yeah. But Maddie... Went total opposite situation, and we always Angel hear about child. Maddie and her great relationship and with her dad, and but you probably and tortured him and your mom, but you tortured him. Yeah, I I am not proud of it, but I <laughs> didn't get in trouble when I was a little kid. But when I was a teenager, I, I was a handful. When I was really give, give us really give us yeah. one yeah. example. I mean, it seems obvious. <laughs> but give us one example. See, I love, thank you for the shock, Meg. I, I appreciate shocked. that. No, I. So fake. <laughs> that is so fake. You are not that shocked. I'm so shocked. <laughs> okay. You have to understand. My my older brother was perfect and wasn't. He's very he's very bright, but he wasn't super social. Yeah. So I mean, having a, an early curfew wasn't a big deal for him. Right. Only going out. One night a weekend wasn't a big deal for me. I was like, are you kidding me? Mom. I want to do all of these fun things that all my friends get to do. So I would be out later than I was supposed to. I would be on my phone when I wasn't supposed to. I would do all that good stuff. Did you even try to negotiate? That's what I would do. I'd call and be like, hey, I'm going to be out later. This is where I am. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we trust you, Mike. You're an angel. No, with my parents, Mm. it was... Are you serious? We need to go to bed. And my parents didn't go to bed till everyone yeah, was mine home. Didn't mine did. So it was like, well, if you don't respect your parents and you don't care if you keep them out super late, then I guess you can stay out. Ooh. And that was the come home right now. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> That's no, interesting. So, yeah, and if I was late, I got in whole major trouble. Did you? Uh-huh. Like what would they do? Um, either you can't go out next time yeah. at all because you, you didn't show to us that you'd be back on time yeah. or well you don't need your phone to talk to your friends because you've been with them all night <laughs> home later than Ooh. you were supposed to <laughs> yeah. so Take you're going to give phone. us your phone Good tomorrow one. and I couldn't text on my phone anyway so it wasn't important but. well it seemed to work you turned out fantastic Thanks. No, I think I think it was good for both me and my parents. It reined me in and it helped my parents branch out a little bit to where my sisters now have a little bit Later curfew. Yeah. They have their phone. The last and- kids seem to be just, I don't know, forgotten. So I think <laughs> I just may have been super lame, though, because I was the first kid, but I never had a curfew. I just had to tell them where I was going to be. Like, it was exactly. just... Exactly. I had the same situation. Yeah. I'm going into L.A., so I'll be back by probably 1. Okay. I'm, go- I'm going to the... Don't go to Sunset Boulevard. Would- or wherever. I usually went to West Hollywood. West Hollywood. See, that would never have flown at my house. But I was so ridiculously responsible. That's great. And and like to the point like where my friends would call me to like to hang out the the one friend I had and um I'd be like oh I was going to the movies with my mom and dad and siblings tonight mm. so, so I can't was... I like loved being with my family like <laughs> <laughs> wow that's good that that's why it was they so knew fun. you'd come home I, yeah I loved being with them like I would rather go to dinner with them hmm. than hang out with teenagers that's cool well, cool I'm, i don't know if that's the word for well, it. well uh, geeky <laughs> it was geeky but i was trying to make you feel good uh and you had a deviated septum back then and it sure. turned out and bangs like this you had claw bangs yes, yes. by the way hot those are hot <laughs> in the 80s claw bangs but this was the 90s this was, was the 2000s okay that say no more <laughs> oh no say no more that explains a lot you're wearing bangs from the 90s when i was 15 80s yes yes i was well, that's the show, folks. Uh, we're now grounded. <laughs> We've grounded a few children. Uh, some of you have claw bangs. And we got to hear from Bronco and Holly. 
That's it, folks. What else can we do? What else can we do? Hey, we're out for the rest of the week. So you're going to have some replays on the Matt Townsend Show. We've picked, I'm sure, the best. Uh, and we will have, I'm sure, Meg snorting in a few of them. <laughs> and um, when we come back uh, in a few weeks, I guess Sean's out. So, you know, we miss Sean if he's on the road listening. And thanks for listening. Here's our final quote as we're out of here. If you are humble, nothing can touch you, neither praise or discouragement, because you know who you are. Who said it? We have no idea. Unknown. It was uncanon. <sighs> Stay humble, folks. Stay grounded. Thanks for joining us. And again, we're here to help you find the good in the world. Keep looking for the good. Keep being the good. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.